Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. back folks this is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios the best place on the planet to buy a car visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com the NFL had their rookie premiere I guess or whatever you want to call it this weekend in California I always enjoy that because they get to show the guys in their new uniforms you get to see what they look like because that's one of the biggest things I always envision when I watch guys play in college and when they get drafted, what are they going to look like in their new uniform? What are going to be some of the small differences in how they look then and now? So we got to see Bryce Young. Of course, people had their size jokes and how he looked and things of that nature. And Jonathan Mingo in their Panthers uniform. What did you think of getting to see those two young men in their new dig? No, oh, you mean how perfect it looks? It looks great. <laughs> Both of them look great in the Carolina Panthers blue. Both of them look great in the black and even the red jersey that Bryce Young is wearing right now in OTAs. It all looks fantastic. Wes, I'm happy. I'm excited about this pairing because you have both of these guys coming into the league at the same time. And even if Greg Olson, Cam Newton were coming in with the team at different points in their career, right? Like you had Cam Newton as the rookie, Greg Olson after four years with Chicago, then coming over to Carolina in a trade. But they both came in at the same time. And Greg also became Cam's clear number one weapon, clear favorite target. And there was a love shared between both of them where Greg Olson has said a million and 10 times just how Cam Newton was the best thing to ever happen for Greg Olson's career. So can Bryce and Jonathan Mingo have something similar? And this goes back to last week where I know we got into the debate, but just along the same lines of best quarterback receiver or best quarterback pass catcher combinations in Panthers history, whether it be Jake DeLome and Steve Smith, if you wanted to put Jake and Moose and Muhammad next to each other, really Cam Newton, and Greg Olson as well. I do think as long as Mingo hits, if you like Mingo, a lot of people do. 39's a high draft pick. Yeah, I love what these two guys could become in Carolina Panthers lore. Yeah, so then uh, I like to see them as well. They were rocking the all black. You got to see Bijan. You got to see all types of players uh, in their uniforms and and checking them out out there having fun. I checked out Anthony Richardson dancing around out there on the field, having a good time uh, in his new uniform as well. But, yeah, I think they both look good. 15 on receivers, I don't necessarily love uh, but I think it's a cool number. I, oh, I love 15. It's I, my lucky number because events. Oh, really? That's what I dubbed. Okay. Now, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if you're just allowed to pick your lucky number or if that has to be something good that happens to you in circumstance. But I love Vince Carter. So I always said 15 was my lucky number. When it comes to receivers rocking numbers in the teens, I, I mostly I love them in single digits. I think that's great. But then I'm kind of traditional after the single digits. I like them to wear a number in the 80s. But I guess that's maybe just the era I grew up in and you had to wear 80 through 89. Uh, but it, when you talk about the teens, I like 17, like Devontae Adams wears. I think that's pretty cool. So you want Jake DeLome out yeah. there. Out <laughs> I like the 17. I like 11. And that's probably the two numbers that I like the most. Oh, see, I think, yeah, I'm trying to think. With the one in front of it, that's fine. But the single digits, you know oh, how I single feel. Digits is you know how I that's feel. And I don't care. Anywhere on the field, by the way. I, I mean, if you're Derek Brown, 
And you want to go out there and wear number three. Oh, love it. I love the single digits anywhere on the field. But especially if you have the football in your hands, I loved it when DJ Moore, I like 12 fine. But when you drop it and then you just go with straight number two, yeah, the single yeah, digit aesthetic nasty. is fantastic. 15 is good too, though. I don't know why. 15, if you really wanted to tune into sports radio and hear a breakdown on your favorite numbers, 11 through 19, I'm here to tell you that 15 is the best number between those. Single digits on any position in football, <laughs> that means you're a bad boy. Like when I was at Florida, they had to fight for those numbers. Like you had to sign yeah. up for it and you had to compete for the single digit numbers. That's just how special they were. Playing at the Newton Rec in Catawba County crib. I remember everybody would fight for 23 and one year I got it. Oh yeah. One year I got the 23 number. Hopefully I did Michael Jordan proud. I think I made the all-star <laughs> team that year. Yeah. I, didn't, I think I scored like two buckets though. And we lost by like 40. Oh. So it's not like I really helped our okay. all-star team, but I looked good. I wore number 23. So that helped. <laughs> all right. So, Speaking of those two being out there at, at the rookie premiere, what's the likelihood of Mingo being Young's favorite target? Like, how fast do you think that develops? Yeah, well, I think it's very high because if you think about some of the other guys that they went out and got, Adam Thielen is older. So Bryce Young, you're hoping that he is the franchise QB that is here for a decade plus. That's what you're hoping. So the only person that can even come close to matching that timeline on the roster right now, as far as what you project him to be, what he could possibly be, whatever, it's Mingo. Adam Thielen, past 30. Hayden Hurst, an older player, because remember, he did the baseball thing out of college, and before that, I believe. And then so he comes in as a late first-round pick of the tight end spot. So he's already 30 years old. And DJ Chark, as much as I like him, I actually I think he's a little underrated right now as a pick. I, I do like him if he's out there on the football field. I don't think he's going to be the favorite option of one Bryce Young. I think it really has a shot to be Mingo. I think both of them, too, Wes, you can speak to this maybe a little bit more than I can, but just coming into a program alongside someone, yes, having that kind of camaraderie between you where you are at the same exact space in your NFL career compared to a Thielen, compared to anybody else. And so I think that actually matters when discussing just how much these two guys are going to get along. And already we've heard great things about their friendship stepping in on uh, in the Panthers organization. Yeah, and he said as much, too. He said he's been on the opposite side of Bryce Young right. the last few years. He's 0-2 against him. Blessed to be on his side. And he said, but we just got to keep building our chemistry. And so uh, I think that Bryce Young is also one of those quarterbacks. As I said, he's going to command that type of work ethic from the guys he plays with. And I think as long as Mingo shows him that, I think that they'll be good to go. But I think also Bryce is the guy who he talked about in the draft process once they both were picked for the Panthers, how much he paid attention to him when he was at Ole Miss Loved his game, and I think that's a guy that Bryce Young definitely sees the physical tools and what he can do with them. Now, this is completely random, but a comparison that I might go to is I remember when Andrew Luck was drafted number one overall and played for the Colts that year, and it was either the last or the second to last year Reggie Wayne played for him. I think it was the last year. Part of this is because they just didn't have enough help yet. T.Y. Hilton wasn't really doing the thing there yet. It was still Reggie Wayne. But that's all Andrew Luck would throw to. Like, I remember watching the Colts, and it was just Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne. Mm -hmm. I wonder if, clearly, Thielen is not that type of wide receiver. But is there any way where you lean on the experienced guy? Because, quite frankly, they just might be the best receiver on the roster. Is there just going to be, hey, Thielen's more open. He's a better route runner, even at this age. 
He's going to be the guy that I feel most comfortable throwing to because he's got the most separation. So maybe he's the favorite target now, and Mingo becomes that guy a little bit later on. What's the likelihood of that happening here? Yeah, I can see that as well because as I've I've talked about and we're seeing it already, that this kid is a football savant, so he's going to rely on guys who – know exactly what they're doing now with Mingo he's going to do what he can to help bring him along for sure and I don't think that he'd ever freeze him out or not go to him but I think for sure coming out the defenses are going to be so complex and people are going to be throwing so much at him that he's going to fill those comfort zones with those veteran guys and I didn't even need to go to Indianapolis by the way I could have just gone to Cam and Steve Smith you know Cam Newton and Steve Smith after Cam threw for over 4,000 yards, Steve Smith found himself you know, receiving well over 1,000 yards in that rookie season for Cam Newton. And if you're talking about Cam Newton and Steve or Luck and Reggie Wayne, those guys are clear Hall of Fame caliber wide receivers. Adam Thielen, I I don't think he is, right? Especially if Torrey Holt's not in there and some of these other guys we talk about, Adam Thielen's just not getting in there, even though he had an awesome three-year stretch. So if... If you're not that caliber of a receiver, right, then maybe you are starting to look a little bit elsewhere. If we if we view the skill positions as being a skill group based off of committee and not necessarily having a defined number one, then maybe it is spread out a little bit more, which would help a Jonathan Mingo in his rookie season. Yeah, I think it would. And so when you look at him, though, Sean Jefferson came out, was definitely singing the praises of young Mingo, called him very mature, very smart, talking about how Quickly, he picks things up, called him a fast processor. Just lots of superlatives that he fits the offense. Perfect how excited he is. He says he can't get enough of it late nights and stuff like that. A quote from him, the sky's the limit for him. Seems like he and Bryce Young both are gym rats. So I think that that bodes very well for him. And so when you look at that, what do you make of those comments and, and who would be an NFL comparison uh, for you? Because looking at his pre-draft uh, write-up, Bleacher Report compared him to Corey Davis. And I don't think that's what the hmm. Carolina fans will want around here, or Corey Davis. Yeah, got to a second contract because of the last year being good in Tennessee, and then but ha- hasn't been like a top 10 guy that he was drafted to be, no. right? I don't mind the A.J. Brown comparisons, and I really do try to stay away yeah, from the whole— That's what you want. I, well, and I'm trying to stay away from the whole Ole Miss connection just because they went to right, the same school. Right, right, doesn't mean you have to do that. But if you're talking about someone that is 6'2", that can play power slot but can also be moved to the outside, that does have some excellent after-the-catch ability— Mingo and A.J. Brown, they fit a lot of the same mold because that was the thing about A.J. and D.K. Metcalf. D.K. was taller and looked more like a Terminator, but A.J. was also this dude that was extremely strong in a smaller frame, but still a freak. That's kind of Mingo to me. That's that's what he mostly mostly profiles as. And Wes, we were seeing a lot of D.K. Metcalf comparisons. That's why I was. Uh, that's why I liked Jordan Reed's comparison to AJ Brown a lot more. That's the guy I would go with. It's not a different example. It's not one off the beaten path, but it's one that I really like. No, when you look at their, like, if you go look at PFF's top twenty-five wide receivers, I mean, it is the best comp because he's not quite as big as DK Metcalf. No, but sidewise, like I said, AJ Brown kind of fits just a little bit more because when you want to talk about maybe a guy who's being touted as a, a as a yak guy and what he can do after the catch. And the size comparisons, Debo Samuels comes to mind just a little bit, but I think they're going to be completely different players when you talk about what Debo does for the 49ers and what uh, what Jonathan Mingo will be doing for the Panthers. Well, and I have another one for you. Even if the, the, the body measurements don't necessarily play out identical, 
What about DJ Moore? How about just stylistically, those guys playing somewhat similar? DJ Moore was touted as this person that was fantastic with the football in his hands. Productive. You put him on in special teams. And he was the running back type of wide receiver where he needed to work on his route running. But once that was figured out, and he did get a lot better as the years went on, and you saw him go for the three straight 1,100-yard seasons. Is Mingo of that same ilk? Now, DJ Moore was six foot, 210. Mingo is bigger than that. But also, I think you still see yeah, you see some of the same playing style mm-hmm. between those two. So maybe you're just getting a bigger DJ Moore where he wasn't as productive as DJ Moore was, though, coming out of college. And is that, like I said, the comp, is that the type of play you'd want him to turn into, like an A.J. Brown making those type of plays? I mean, I'm yeah. sure a Pro Bowl receiver... Yeah. If, if you don't uh, want Mingo to be Brown or DJ Moore, then you are shooting for the stars. <laughs> I mean, you are shooting for a Hall of Famer off the rip. All right, real quick, we're up against it, but just wanted to bring up the fact, only 22 years old, Tommy Trimble, are we sleeping on him as a breakout player in 2023? Because I think at this age, with his experience, he still has time. Now, I think if he's going to do something, this is the year to do it. But are we sleeping on him as a breakout player? I love that you asked me this question because I want I want some people in my corner here. Look, I'm so naive when it comes to tight ends. I just hold on to them forever. And then if they don't work <laughs> out by the fifth year, You're a tight end like, order. all right, I am. Well, especially with somebody like Tommy Trimble, yeah. because you do draft him for the athleticism. And I've said it, I'll say it a million other times, right? If you listen to this show, you know that I've always talked about how sometimes it does take the second contract to see a tight end really break out Mm -hmm. because there's so many responsibilities that position has to learn. You talk about blocking, being inside, going to the outside, maybe playing some slot every once in a while, right? Then you're discussing having to learn blocking assignments as well as a route tree where wide receivers don't necessarily learn about blocking assignments inside. It's a little bit more sophisticated. So if you have the athleticism and then you have all of this seasoning, maybe Tommy Trimble could really help out. Now Hayden Hurst is going to take those targets away. That's why you signed him. You wanted somebody a little more solid and productive, but yeah, I, I like Tommy Trimble a lot as still a 22 year old. That's so young. Here we are talking about Hayden Hurst being a 30 year old Wes like almost a decade's worth of difference between them. Yeah, I, those are the types of guys that I don't mind Carolina not giving up on so early. Have you uh can you eat and watch the show Hoarders? No, no way. <laughs> Have you I've I've only seen a few episodes, but once I was locked in, I was locked in yeah. in the worst type of way. Text in 704-570-9610 Garage Door Guru text line. Can you eat and watch Hoarders or do you watch it at all when we come back? Could the Hornets can, potentially trade the number 2 pick? This is the Wesson Walker show Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wes 
Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. It's my favorite thing. I, I will not say it enough. It's my favorite when something gets the studio going. Wes is dancing, and then Fitty just gets lost in the beat sometimes. Sometimes he allows it for him to twerk. Sometimes he allows it to make him dab a little bit. But really, just seeing him get lost where he closes his eyes, West, and I mean, West, mm. and he really just allows a, oh, man, just one with the feeling. You like this one, another Roots beat. It seems like this might be your favorite musical group that I put you on to, Fiddy. Yeah, no, their music is rooted in my brain. Yeah, 100%. It is. Of all the music I have loaded, and uh, <clears throat> I've loaded over 200 of y'all's songs, <laughs> yeah. this is by far the best collection of music all right. that, that we have. Oh, yeah, he's starting to have those black thoughts, Wes, is what he's starting to have right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you like that? I did so, like that. 704-570-9610. We're beating the hell out of Monday, too. I want to say that. We are beating the hell out of Monday. Are we? In a good way or a bad way? In a good way. I think a good way. I think sometimes. Got great energy for yeah, Monday. I think, we, I think we've got some good one. Now, you're drinking a prime. I'm ready for you to continue to keep the energy up with you going to another energy. I know. Drink. I need an endorsement. Me and my son right now, I don't know anybody else that's drinking it, man. It's Logan Paul Sports Drink, but it is phenomenal so and if, pretty healthy. So if you went with the prime endorsement, I think it's pretty safe to say, if there was even one product for me to endorse as far as food and drink goes, I have a bang energy drink really every day. Yeah. yeah. And I don't. I don't love admitting it. I mean, it's because I don't know exactly how great it is for you. Yeah. I, I've looked it up. It doesn't look like it's awful. Yeah, I don't think it, it doesn't have sugar in it or but anything it's, Well, like it's that. got sucralose, which isn't great. So if I you think wanna, you would enjoy it, though, because Fiddy, I remember the tennis girl uh, that, that we looked at, I think, last week. She endorses Bang. Does she? I need to, en- I need to endorse Bang Energy yeah. Drink, 100%, because I... I mean, I have one pretty much every weekday. Yeah. I don't. The good news is, it sounds like I'm an addict. It sounds like I'm scratching my neck. I can quit anytime I want yeah, to, though. Is, uh, I'm good. 200 milligrams caffeine, zero sugar, 300 milligrams electrolytes, and vegan. Do they have it here in the vending no, machines? No, no, not yet. Okay, because they they had Bang here for like the first month and a half or two months that I was doing the whole rotating guest host thing, and I cleaned it out. And after I cleaned it out, they never brought one more can of Bang ever since. I'm about to lobby for the endorsement right now. Though. Okay. Uh, what are you going to do? I'm about to are add them ta- on Twitter. You're going to tag them? You're going to tag them? Damn em? right I okay. am. Closed mouths don't get fed, baby. That's what you say. That's what you say when you try to endorse yourself. <laughs> Let's go to the Garage Door Guru text line. We were asking about some of the NFC South QB jerseys that Rihanna has at her closet. We went to Brad Johnson. 704 said more Kerry Collins. Does she have any alternate jerseys there? Um, we were also talking about the wide receivers with Carolina. 203 said if DJ Chark can stay on the field, they can see him being the number one option. Wes, we can go back to that PFF simulation you had. That simulation had Chark as the leading receiver, over 1,000 yards, yeah. almost 1,100 at 183, I believe. But we always kind of go to Adam Thielen as that guy. Is it fair to ask the question if maybe DJ Chark could be the leading receiver at the end of this season if everybody plays a similar amount of games? Hmm. Uh, I think so because he has the most big play potential out of any of the guys because he would trump Mingo, in my opinion, because he's a veteran. So I think he'll pick up the offense a little bit faster. So I think that trumps him over Mingo. And then as far as Thielen goes, we know DJ Chark was a 4-3 guy coming out. I think he still has a lot of that speed still remaining, even though he's had the ankle surgeries, et cetera. So he could have the potential to do that because I could see him with more big yardage games and more big plays. 
I wonder if you would still, maybe if he's the big play guy, but Adam Thielen has more receptions, then it would be hard to figure out. And they did not put a reception projection for him. So maybe it would be hard to figure out who the number one receiver is, right? If Adam Thielen has, let's say, 25, 30 more receptions, um, I don't know if it would be, you know, that comparable. But the reason I say that is because I'm just kind of comparing it to the Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore numbers from a couple of years ago. Yeah, that'd be a trash season, though, for Adam Thielen. If he had 25 to 30 more catches and then DJ Chuck had a thousand yards, and he had less yards, that'd be hilarious. But this the only reason I say it is because of the Robbie DJ Moore stuff. Yeah, he got down that Jarvis Landry catching 15 balls for 74 oh, yards. Nobody will be as bad <laughs> if, if we were to call it bad. Nobody will be that bad. Jarvis Landry was out here running two yards past the line of scrimmage and catching everything. If you were in a PPR league, he was really valuable. But if you were not then you would be so frustrated with him not being able to turn that thing loose. Yeah. You're like, please break a tackle, please. <laughs> and then just run all the way to the end zone and it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, crew, Queso Gato. Oh, is that Cheese Cat? I like that. They ask, what about the Mingo Corral connection? And then laughing face emoji from that. <laughs> we like that one. Um, TMJ is 22. Charlotte Sports Dude wrote that in as well. So here we are talking about Tommy Trimble breakout season. Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver name. Also 22 years old. That's why I'm not really giving up on him, even though I'm a lot higher on him than you are. And I don't even know a lot. Like, it's it's kind of hard for us because I, I'm just not giving up on no, him. No, you're a TMJ guy. I am. But it's not like I don't acknowledge he doesn't need to step up. You know, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But there's clearly doubt. You are kind of more so. No, yeah, I've I seen I think enough. once they pick John the Bingo, good night, sweetheart. Even with DJ Chark in a one-year deal and Adam Thielen being over 30? Yeah, I think so. I think because I think next year they're gonna draft another guy. He stepped up last year though. He, I mean, he was he was straight. He had his moments. I'll say that he had some moments, but he's got to capitalize on that this year. I need I need to see him with a QB that is okay before I just completely. He's run got him one up. now. He does. So you get you For get sure. your chance to see that. No, I'm not gonna argue. I that. just think that the the natural progression at this point. I just feel like they picked Mingo. But like next year, they'll pick another young guy. They'll go out in free agency probably and find somebody else. So I, I don't know that he will be on this roster in the future. I mean, this is it for him. Though. I'm not I'm not going to write him off, but this is the time. It's sure. right now. He's got to go out there in training camp, light it up, and he's had, he's got to have a really good season this year. Sure. Uh, Big Cat Dan wrote in responding to your hoarding, hoarding question. <laughs> if you're eating and then hoarders comes on, do you immediately change it or do you sit there? Immediately. Yeah, that's what most people are saying. Big Cat Dan said, no, I stopped watching it, yeah. and I immediately I'm not on. even going to get into details right now because nah. I know there are people that are eating lunch right now listening to the show, and I don't <laughs> You want to ruin it. Um, all right, let's transition into the NBA conversation. 704-570-9610. Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, who writes a lot about the Hornets this time of year. I wonder how many connects he has in there. Because he seems to be the guy. Fitty, you've noticed that. If, if there is news circulating, being aggregated, even if he has a podcast called Please Don't Aggregate This Podcast by Jake Fisher, it absolutely gets aggregated. And that's what we're going to do here. Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports wrote about the Trailblazers potentially holding a bidding war at number three in the NBA draft. My question is, could the Hornets do that at number two? Because if the Hornets select Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson, whichever way it goes, the Trailblazers will most likely draft the next guy. I know there are some Amen Thompson guys out there, but let's just do let's just speak to the consensus, right? If we do the consensus thing, Miller or Scoot Henderson will be that second overall pick. And then you're talking about the Trailblazers having a big old decision to make, whether you trade Damian Lillard, 
whether you trade Anthony Simons and three to go after stars, whether you just start to rebuild, can Scoot or Brandon Miller help Trailblazers right now? But could the Hornets be this team that decides to trade the number two pick? Wes, what are some scenarios you could see working out if the Charlotte Hornets decided to shop this thing? Yeah, I think there are a few scenarios that could help them out. And I think, in my opinion, I know you don't want to hear it, but I think, uh, in my opinion, it would be their their best option to me. I think at this point, they need to go and get... If you could if you could get a Jalen Brown, or let's just say in L.A., they want to they wanna blow it up and LeBron wants to stay there and no longer wants A.D., Maybe you try to go after AD, but I think a guy like a, a, that would fit the perfect mode to me would be a Jalen Brown, a young all-star caliber player that's made all-star games, so not even caliber, a young mm-hmm. all-star that could become the de facto one or two on this team, which if he came here, he'd obviously be the one. Uh, I think that would be the most advantageous situation for the Hornets because, like we said, Brandon Miller, I mean, it's always going to be an, an unknown with any rookie. And I know Scoot, I think Scoot and Brandon Miller will both be really good players. And I know Scoot, you feel like, will have the most impact and be a dominant player. Uh, maybe not necessarily right away, but it's going to turn into that and be a guy that flashes highly night after night. But I think if you could go after that and, and get a guy like that or uh, a Mikael Bridges just like ideally like from Brooklyn, like that type of player, a young wing that can really get it done out there and is an all-star caliber or an all-star player, mm-hmm. I think that's the route you go. Yeah, it's always going to depend on who you could potentially get because Jalen Brown is interesting. Wolfpack James wrote this mock trade. Charlotte gets Jalen Brown, Grant Williams. Portland gets... Charlotte's number two, Terry Rozier, PJ Washington sign and trade. Celtics get Damian Lillard. So you have Ooh. a big old mock trade from Wolfpack James. What do you think if Charlotte, out of all that, right? Damian Lillard goes. I think that's a great deal. Charlotte, or, so Charlotte gets Jalen Brown and Grant Williams sign and trade there as well. You lose Terry and PJ, and you also lose your Charlotte number two overall pick. So you'd be down for that. Yeah, I think so. And But the thing that's still funny, though, is. What what do you do with Miles? Like that's the thing because well he'd just be on the team again. I mean, right. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, you're no, just but, rolling but, with him. Okay, but you think about it. This is a guy who's coming back more than likely. He's coming back, and he was on the precipice of an All Star player, uh, on the precipice of getting a max deal at his at his tenure. In yeah, he the was going to get it. He was going to get it. So he's going to be coming back, and you know he already has that accelerated mindset of. I lost a lot already. I got to get it back. That would be an interesting chemistry in the locker room because, as I say, you you bring in a guy like Jalen Brown. He's the de facto number one at this point. He's going to be the guy. Then you know LaMelo in the pecking order, he's going to be two. So I guess at that point you would maybe go your big three being Melo, Miles, and Jalen Brown I guess you would go with. But I just just think that would be interesting to bring him back into that mix because Jalen Brown, I mean, he can be a two, but he's a three. Or, you know, I, I just think that would just be very interesting. Yeah, what what is your height on Jalen Brown being a top blank guy on a deep playoff team? Because here he is with Boston being the two, but also Boston is the deepest well, team during the regular season. Yeah. Jason Tatum, clearly the one. It's why maybe you have some problems if you're Jalen Brown just wanting to break away from that and become your own one. Problem is, I mean, Brandon Miller, if we look... Not the athleticism. I don't even think the defensive potential that Jalen Brown has. But Brandon Miller's vision, way better than Jalen's. Like That's the problem with Jalen Brown is that he'll turn the basketball over, can't really handle it. 
and will turn and he just doesn't have, you know, I think great prowess as far as rotating the basketball. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wonder how much that meshes. Look, he's a great player. I, I, you'd have to consider it, but just overall for you, Wes, he's a top blank player on an NBA finals team. Or winning the actual championship. Well, I think he's proven he's a top two player on an NBA Finals team because he's already done it. He they did just it last been, season. I, I just think that they've also been so deep elsewhere, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they get Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, this is true. Mark but, is but, smart. But, yeah, you're right. But like, he's the guy. Like, if he's not on that roster, they don't go to the Finals. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, I think that you talk about a guy average this season, 27 points a game, 26.6 to be exact. So I mean, I, I think you bring him in, and, and, and for the Hornets, a team that does like to move the basketball, he might be a bit of a ball stopper, but he's also a guy that finally the Hornets can have to get the ball in his hands at the end of the game to say, go get us a bucket. We need you to close the game for us uh, because we haven't seen him in that setting yet. And I think with Jason Tatum, there was a bit of back and forth there. But, I mean, he's a 49% from the field guy. Not the greatest three-point shooter this season. He took a little bit of a dip. Uh, yeah. But for the last three years before this season, he was over 35%. But I think for the Hornets, this is about what you would want as far as the optimum of a of a go-to guy of what you can get because you're not going to sign a guy like this in free agency. You have to make a deal for him. And when you look across the landscape of the NBA, I mean, what other player could you get of his ilk Well, uh, that's going to be similar? Could you go out and get? Well, that's the other problem. There's a couple problems here. And I, I like the trade with the idea of it, you know, but – Jalen Brown would have to agree to a long-term extension with you if you wanted to go get him, right? Because the idea is that he's going to do the all-NBA thing. I think he'd do it. With, but if he wouldn't come here in free agency, then why would he agree? Because I think in a trade, in a trade. I think he would just look at the situation because, you know, players, man, you stroke their egos. He would look at it as the Hornets love him. They want him here. But they'd still do that in free agency, though. You yeah, still have that itch scratched. Right, but then, a, but a trade is a little bit different scenario to where Boston's like, all right, man, this is where you're going because I don't believe he has a no-trade clause. Uh, oh, no, there's only a few so That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I don't think he has the leverage to be like, I don't want to go there. If Boston was like, look, this is the best deal. You're going to Charlotte. And he has to face the fact, okay, this is where I'm going. I think he signs that long-term deal because, for one, he'll start to come around on the fact of these guys really want me. I can go there and be the one. I'm going to play with a point guard that can get me the ball every night. My numbers are going to be crazy. I'm going to be more efficient, and we can get better elsewhere. But him being the de facto one, like kind of like James Harden going to Houston, to where it's like he hadn't been in the shadows like James Harden was kind of as a six-man, but he's just looking at this as, okay, this is my team now, my organization. I got a good second star in LaMelo. We can make some noise on this team. I think that uh, that he would come around. What I would say, too, is in the, bag. the Damian Lillard thing about this. I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast today. I kind of agree with him. They were talking about how they wouldn't do Jalen Brown, Damian Lillard straight up if you're Boston right now. Because Damian Lillard is older, you are talking about getting rid of a guy that is 25 right now, Jalen Brown is. So if you're moving on from somebody that's an all-NBA player that is 25 years old in exchange for a Damian Lillard, who, remember, was hurt this season, missed some games, who is an older basketball player as well, maybe different context here, but would Boston even agree to this if the only thing they're getting is Damian Lillard? I don't even think they would. I think they would need something more to help them for the future because if you're going all in, is Damon Lillard in exchange for Jalen Brown the answer to have you win an NBA Finals, right? Like the reason Jalen Brown is a hot name is because the Celtics are about to be sent packing by Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. Does Damon Lillard's presence on this team change that without Jalen Brown? That's why I don't know if Boston would do it.
it's it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Jalen. Last thing I'll say before we go to a fitty flash. The Chicago Bulls rat Scoot Henderson's pro day. Chicago does not have a first overall selection. They don't have a first round uh, pick. Right. If Chicago really wanted to go after Scoot Henderson, I just want to get it out there because me and Doug had this conversation. <laughs> you would be screaming for mediocrity if you traded the number two overall pick. Yeah. In order to get DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, yeah. maybe even a couple of first round picks. And then you might say, well, yeah, Walker, you guys haven't won a playoff series since 2001 and you haven't been to the playoffs since 2016, 2017. Okay, that's fine. Then maybe I'm used to it. <laughs> but I'm not here to trade for two guys that also weren't able to get to a top six spot this past shrinkers. year. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not doing that. Yeah. Especially if you have the type of potential that Scoot or Brandon Miller has. I'm absolutely not trading for guys to just hope to God that you can maybe, maybe get a top six spot with Scoot. The ceiling is a lot higher. All right, real quickly, let's go to the second fitty flash of the day. It's all right to be a little fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little fitty. From talking about a potential future Hall of Famer to a guy that will be in the Hall of Fame, earlier today, Carmelo Anthony announced his retirement from basketball after 19 years in the NBA. He leaves the game as a top 10 scorer all time, the only top 10 scorer to never win a championship or an MVP, a three-time Olympic gold medalist, 10-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA selection. He was named to the All-75 team where he was... Listed as one of the 75 best players to ever play at the game of basketball, and the league celebrated its 75th anniversary a year ago. My childhood hero, the guy that made me a Nick fan, this one stung, and this is a guy that's got a great accolades but never won a championship and leaves the game uh, leaves the game on his own terms. I am sympathetic for you because this was your favorite NBA player, and it's always hard to see these guys retire, right? Like, it, it hit different when... You know, even watching a Kobe Bryant retire, Wes, that was somebody for me that was the first player I got to see from the very beginning to the end. And it's the first time that I ever seen anybody like that, right? As soon as we got to see him go for 60 against the Utah Jazz, watching him enter the NBA as some young player and then retire eventually, that was kind of crazy for me. And then Carmelo Anthony, now we're just seeing these guys all over the place. What are you laughing about? Yeah, nothing. Uh, I don't know that I should bring up what I'm laughing about. I'll tell you during the break. But uh, all right. other than that, Carmelo Anthony, it was a... Uh, he had a dope career, in my opinion. The end ended a little bit crazy as far as and I still think he could be a team, a guy that could help a team off the bench. But uh, like I said, he, he had a great career as far as just being one of the great scorers. He gets a lot of respect from his peers. You heard Kobe talk about how difficult it was to deal with him. A lot of the greats talked about how difficult it was to deal with him. So salute to Melo. Text us what hits you in the feels when you saw somebody's career in its entirety. Retire. What was one of those that really hit you hard? 704-570-9610. We'll come back answering those texts on the other side of the break. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I just, I just right now, we should start the show. Here we go, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show. You know my Steve. You know what I'm saying? Word to Gangstar, R.I.P. Google. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610, the Garage Door Guru text line that is, and you are immersed in the Wesson Walker Show. Welcome back. I was just telling Walker about uh, my idea for my next tattoo and my a portion of my trip to the zoo yesterday when I got to see the lion. And uh, that was fantastic. My one knock against the zoo in Asheboro, <laughs> they're building an Asia continent um, portion. Are they really? Yes, oh, that's they're, they're big building. news. But I'm it's excited. not going to be here until 2026. And that will include the tigers because that was my one gripe. I wanted to see some tigers. Wes, I'm not going to lie to you. I did not know that they were building an Asia continent. They are. Okay. So I am lit. You know me. Yes. I've got the love for animals. I'm the fish guy, the aquariums, yeah. all of it. Okay. I am Nerd Boy 101. I I embrace it. Mm-hmm. If you're this is the Ashboro Zoo is great. And it is a long walk because they actually do right by the animals and they give you like the biggest field and safari plains for the rhinos and the giraffes and elephants. All of it's fantastic. I'm lit as hell right now that you just told me they're making an Asia con. Yeah, man. It was pretty exciting. They're also building this massive new area for the chimps. Um, it's going to be awesome. And they had a great story with the chimps. If we, if we have a second, this is off the chain. Wes, this is, you, you take <laughs> us wherever you want to go. This, Listen, is, this is off river, the chain. Man. So one of the chimps, she said there were, I think about what you count about maybe 12 to 15 of them. And she said that one of the chimps was actually famous and that it was in Pepsi commercials and movies. <laughs> and it did like a lottery ball pick and all this stuff. Right. So he got too much for his handlers to be able to deal with. He wasn't being good like on sets and stuff. So they ended up sending him to the zoo. She said chimps are not very inviting and welcoming as far as when they bring in a new one. So they said that the chimps were beating him up every day. A different one was beating him up every day. And then an alpha female of the group started to take up for him after a while uh, that they that they kept jumping on him every day and she put a put a stop to it and then he finally got to immerse themselves in the group. But we got to watch them eat snacks. They okay. called them to eat snacks. The <laughs> baby was so cute. But the illest part was when we went to the elephants and they were about two hundred and fifty yards probably away from the railing. And the employees came. It was it was snack time for them too. She called them by their names. They were about 250, 300 yards away. All three of them came hustling over to get their snack. It was amazing to see that. Yeah, herding elephants, that would be pretty crazy to see. <laughs> no doubt about it. That have you really cool. Have you heard about people, which is all the more reason to not keep chimpanzees, people. I don't know yeah. if you're out there. I don't know if you're thinking about it. Don't uh. do it. Have you heard some of the human attacks that chimpanzees have had? Oh, it is the most barbaric. I don't blame them. It's the most barbaric type of thing you could ever have. Honestly, I can't describe. It's not like I'm going to say any curse word. I just can't describe what they do to people because that alone, the description alone would be an FCC violation. they're very strong. Like people don't know they're strong as multiple men. Gorillas are strong as like 10 men. Temps are like as strong as a few men. 
But I'm I'm all for it. The people when they mistreat the end, one of my favorite it's not things mistreating, is treating though. No, this is this is the thing though. As what you okay. were talking about with chimpanzees. Hey guys, Jeff Rickard here to give you an update. It's on not my mistreating. Weight loss. It's the fact that you have. Are we well off the air right now? <laughs> third week. I'm down double digit pounds, and the best part is. They are fat pounds. And why? Because nutrition is so key. What you eat, when you eat, why you eat. I'm learning all about how all of that adds up to a weight loss story. It comes from a program that was started by Dr. Ashley Lucas, a number one best-selling author on Amazon and a nutritionist who used to be a professional ballet dancer. She's created this incredible system. It's about nutrition, no counting calories, no pills, appetite suppressants. It's all about learning why you eat, how you eat, and when you eat. I haven't been hungry at all during this journey, and I can't wait to lose all the weight that I'm looking to lose. If you want to find out more, visit MyPhDWeightLoss.com. That's MyPhDWeightLoss.com. PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, the official partner of the Clemson Tigers organization and fans. All right. Well, that was great right there. Thank you, Talking Jeff. about tigers, and that is uh, going to be <laughs> next step well, to an angry tiger on my leg. But the zoo was really cool, and we got to see a lot of cool stuff. Well, congratulations to Jeff, just real quickly, for losing that weight, a part of PhD. Big shout. Sometimes you just need to drop something like that in the middle of our analysis on how crazy chimpanzees will mess somebody up. But you were talking about how you don't blame them if people mistreat those animals. Yeah. No, it's not about mistreating them either. It's just that they, if they just feel like you know what i'm gonna bleep some stuff up today yeah you're it bye like that's <laughs> how it is so we got spitz was saying walker all caps a chimp will rearrange a person's face i'm just telling you oh it's yeah. crazy you're done and so that's why i'm not like they're cool to admire from afar i this kind of goes into some of the animal questions like would you rather be in the exhibit alone with a lion or all the chimpanzees Wes, uh, honestly zero but I might choose the lion if I had to choose. I'm not messing with no chimpanzee. Listen, I watch uh, Planet of the Apes as well, man. I know all uh, about that. That's the only movie that I enjoy with animals that become, uh, they make them like humans and they can talk and stuff. Because a lot of times I think it looks nasty. I don't like it. Like Little Mermaid, I, I'm telling my girl, like, you're going to go see that on your own. I don't want to see a crab talking or any of that type of stuff. Really? Yeah, I not can't Not the animated that. stuff? I don't like that. No, no, no. If it's animated, like cartoonish, yeah. But when they but like make CGI? them like... Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, All right. So much. I didn't know it was like that. <laughs> but I said the lion, man, it was really cool. Saying he would sleep behind a log because did you know that male lions sleep for 20 hours a day? And so his paw was up over <laughs> the log. <laughs> this is becoming like Jack Hanna's And then he woke life. up. And his head was so big, man, but it was just so majestic. I love the big cat. So you you came away from the zoo experience feeling fulfilled. You came away yeah. feeling like, okay, wow, fun. I have an appreciation for animal life maybe a little bit more than I used to. Oh, well, no, Not no, no. I, I, yeah, it, yeah. Just, but just getting to see them at so many different animals in so many different environments and getting to see them up close and personal, it's always special. It is special. Yeah, this is... <laughs> I, I you know me. I love the zoo. I did not realize. Yeah, like we we have really been trying to do the whole Jack Hanna thing, which was a lit show by itself. By the way, PBS, you know, is about to be on Zabumafu and Jack Hanna's wildlife experience. And so now you get that, except with Wesson Walker and the Charlotte Sports Market. I would love to see a zoo to where they have like the biggest animals, like they have the like the crocs, like Jurassic Park. Yeah, I want to see like the just we, monsters. We don't need to do Jurassic Park. 
That, no. that thing needs to be away. Don't get the DNA from the mosquito in the amber that's mummified. We don't need to do that. Listen, if Jurassic I survive, Park, though, I'm this, getting a big bag. <laughs> for what, just suing Jurassic oh, Park? Oh, God. I'm going to be so rich, it'd be my part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm good with that. Uh, a couple people writing <laughs> in, scrolling, scrolling on some of the... Uh, uh, some of the things that we talked about. Yeah, just people kind of reacting around the whole, yeah, please do not mess with a chimpanzee. <laughs> yeah, man. So when we come back on the Weston Walker Show, we're going to delve back into the NBA. Which series blowout will have the biggest long-term consequences, the Celtics or the Lakers? That's coming up next on the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.